0: John chapter 1, 1 through 5, if you were to ask for a place in the Bible um, to learn about Jesus, one of the most common Christian answers would be said, John and Romans, those two books. And uh, you, you should read the Gospel of John if you haven't, and I would encourage you to do so. It will encourage you greatly. And I'm so glad that um, the Lord allowed this to take place so I could be in, in reading this passage of Scripture for a little while here. And we have a ministry that's called um, Brienne Bible Publishing, and that's uh, for some, how do I say this, Uh, young at heart, senior saints, all right, and uh, some uh, people in that class, and they do that, and uh, so every month they're doing that. I encourage you, if you don't know about that, it's kind of back in a back hallway, but it's a neat room to be a part of. We put together the scripture here on site, and that's a neat thing to be able to say that, but it's even more exciting to know that there are people that will receive the gospel as a direct result of John and Romans being put together, and I appreciate our pastor's uh, vision and heart with this. But it's been said that the book of John is so simple that children memorize their first verses from the book of John. I wonder if you know what the, one of the most common, if not the most common verse, John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Maybe that was one of the first verses you Memorize and remember it. And it's a a good verse to not just have memorized, but to reinstate that in our heart and to hear it again and to to say it. But uh, one person put it this way, that the book of John is a pool safe enough for a child to wade in and yet deep enough for an elephant to drown in. Martin Luther wrote about the book of John. He said, This is a unique, tender, genuine chief gospel should a tyrant Succeed in destroying the Holy Scriptures, and only a single copy get this of the Epistle to the Romans and the gospel according to John, escape him. Christianity would be saved. Amen. It's interesting. One of the most famous verses that I just stated minutes ago is John 3:16. And if you think about that verse, boy, that's life-changing. And it should have changed your life if you the first time you heard it. I don't remember when I first heard it growing up in church, but Lord, uh, but I'm so glad the Lord allowed me to, and I'm so glad that are familiar with it. But the reason for the Book of John is the reason. Can I say this for the whole Bible? And I mean this by taking the Scripture and looking at it. Would you turn with me to Chapter 20 of John? John Chapter 20, please. And this is where we get this from. John Chapter 20. We'll look at verse 31. John chapter 20 and verse 31 says this. We're in the same book in, in and actually um, second to last chapter of this book of John and verse 31. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. I can tell you the reason for the book of John and the reason for the whole Bible, the Word of God, which I don't know about you, but I'm thrilled to be able to hold it in my hands still. And I'm thrilled that it's, it's going to outlast me and my life for sure and outlast you and your life and the people that you know. And the Word of God will stand forever and endures forever. But I know this, that the Bible is written for this sole reason, so that people will come to believe Jesus Christ. And this is why it's written. That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, you might have life, life through His name. I don't know about you, but the greatest life I can possibly think of is not my physical life, but it's the eternal life that God has given, and uh, because of even the Word of God, and the Word of God is where it started. You know, the word belief is placed in, in this gospel alone 98 times, 98 times, When I think of the greatest thing that ever happened to me, it is the day of my salvation. And I hope I never get over that day. I thought this morning, I thought, they're going to hear me say that again this morning, and they probably think I say that every message, great. That's okay. It's a wonderful thing to not get over salvation. By the way, it should be more than just in a message, in a sermon. It should be a matter that I haven't gotten over because I want to testify of God's goodness in my life. Do you remember that day in your life? Do you, do you rehearse it? Do you go over it in your mind, in your heart? God is so good. So good to us. And what a wonderful God we have. And if there's no other reason you can just say He's wonderful because He gave you everlasting life, that's enough. That's the greatest thing He could ever give you. What a Savior. Truly, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And so would you turn back with me to the first chapter of John In John chapter 1, I hope you're here this morning to get something from the Word of God, not from what's being said, but from only what's being said from the Word of God. In verse 4, in him was life, John chapter 1, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. See, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, it's because God has shed his light on you. And because he has shed his light into our hearts, should do something. Should do something for us. See, it's not only that we are assured of heaven, but we're assured of God's love toward us. By the way, if you can get that this morning, it's not about you loving God. It's about how much God loves you. And this time of year, I'm thankful for all the lights that go up. And I like this time of year. I guess I would say it's my favorite. And there's a lot of Christmas lights and these type things. And, of course, lights in here, lights outside, just pretty much anywhere. I remember as a child... A big deal uh, getting into the car and just driving around looking for lights. Well, that was a cheap entertainment, but uh, now I know why with the children that I have. Well, we're going to do the same thing. <laughs> Nothing beats free. But I think of a light, and I'm so glad for light. And the greatest earthly light is the sun and the brightness of how it lights up our world. And I really enjoy the warmth of it. The other day I was in the kitchen, don't worry, I wasn't cooking. (laughs) My wife does a great enough job with that, I think I was washing my hands at the sink and I felt the rays of the sun and the warmth that it was bringing and I don't know what what, would compel me to say, but I told her, you got to get over here, you got to feel this warmth and maybe I was thinking about how, you know, snow is in the forecast coming up here soon, we are in winter, I'm glad for the rain today and that's not snow. But I just was enjoying the warmth of that sun. But you know it took me standing in just the right spot to experience the warmth of that. Can I tell you this morning, it is a matter that to feel the greatest warmth, the best rays that you have to stand under the light. And how do I do that? And we as Christians, one of the best things we can do is to stand as close as we can under the true light, Jesus Christ. Psalms 119 says this, the entrance, here it is, the answer the entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple, the ultimate, greatest light is Jesus Christ. The most lumens is brought through the Word of God. And if you and I have a true desire to shine in darkness, I believe we'll have some things in our life that we can really look at and find and see, hopefully easily. Hopefully it's bright and shiny strong, not just barely a glimmer. Number one, then, God's Word would be shining. Number one to this morning is God's Word will be shining. You know, we've been given the light of Christ. Verse one, it says, in the beginning. You know, everything we know goes back to some point. And, and you know, if we were to associate with the beginning for us, it's your birthday. And so it comes around every year, and hopefully your family still celebrates with you, and we have a uh, family today that's with us, and uh, one of the children's it's today, their birthday, today. And we celebrated yesterday, so she got an upper advantage the day before. But you know what, it's, it's, it's a matter that we celebrate that, because why? It's, it's our birthday, it's what we would say is our beginning, not for God. No, what about God? What if we really want to know the true beginning for God? Well, John puts it this way, that in the beginning was the Word. You know, something that, is, that has really helped me tremendously is the day that it occurred to me that we need to put the emphasis where God places the emphasis. And we need to major, not only necessarily the minors, and not necessarily minor on the majors, but just go about it the way that God gives it to us in His Word and where He puts emphasis, that's where emphasis should be in our life. And if He doesn't emphasize on it, well then we would probably do well not to emphasize on it our, ourselves, and try to emphasize it in our life and make sure it's strong. Why? When God didn't make it strong, and maybe we should make those things strong and not the things that are not strong as much so. But so how do, how do we know that? Well, it, it takes place by what He repeats. You know how it works with your children. You repeat and repeat and repeat, and the best teacher is repeat, and, and to repeat, and to repeat, repeat, repeat. And, and it's a matter that this key word is, is, uh, is phrased There's a key word here, and we get to it, in the beginning was. And you'll find that word seven times in just these first five verses. The word was. It's it's important. And I'm glad it's not is. Think about this with me, please. Would, Would you? It doesn't say, in the beginning is the word. No, it says, in the beginning was the word. So the word is not just the beginning, but the beginning of the beginning. In other words, God always was, always is, and always will be. Well, I'm glad for that. So past, present, and future, covered by God. And so the word is is not just the beginning. So how far back does the beginning go? Then I want to know what beginning is. Well, it's as far back as you want to go with God and then still farther than that. I don't know about you, but I get lost on this pretty easily. And I'm a simple man, and many of you know that. And so this is confusing. This could get complicated. Well, no, not really. Well, I might say, well, thousands of years ago, and, or maybe millions of years ago, and then someone else might say, you met, maybe you, and you would say, well, trillions and billions of years ago. But you know what? No matter what you and I say, God was already before that. So you come up with a number, it doesn't matter. God was before that. It's as if he was already there when the beginning was because he was. And and so explain that. Expound on that. How how do I get a hold of this? It's four words. You ready for this? It's four words. Believe in Jesus Christ. Belief in Jesus Christ. Oh, please just tell me where the beginning is. and, 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 And please tell me more about the word. Well, the first major emphasis is here... The word was. So it didn't just happen yesterday or thousands of years ago. No, before that. So, whatever number, however smart you are, however smart I am, and I can, come up, I can come up with a number, God is before that number. That's important that we get this. And the second major emphasis, then we'll notice, is the word word. But it's capitalized in my Bible, I hope it is in yours, uh, the word word, because it's a person. And I'm glad it is. And we like words. We talk about words. And our words reveal our heart. The Bible says, Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. And so this is what Jesus is doing. And, and even John is, is, is stating it as such. That God, God, John calls Jesus the Word. If you look at the word Greek, it's the word logos. And in the imperfect tense it implies this. A continual stating that Jesus was pre existence before the creation of the world. So in the beginning was the Word, a thought, implication, account of, a divine expression of what happened. So how can I comprehend that Jesus always was, always is, and always will be? Let me ask you something this morning. Can you explain electricity? Can you you explain gravity? Can you explain the power of water, the power of wind, the power of fire? can you explain those things? The only way that you can explain is to the degree that you understand about them. Only to the degree that you understand about them. And so one thing we would all find ourselves eventually trying to explain those items, electricity, water, power, water, fire, you know, gravity, is to the degree that we've experienced them. And so it's a matter that if we've had experience with them, I remember the first time that screwdriver went in and it slipped off the socket and zoop, I've seen a couple of squirrels crawling across some lines, and they got shocking effect. And it, it it fried them for life. You know what was doing that electricity? And you know it's a matter that if you talk with someone who works with electricity, they can tell you more about it than what you and I could, unless you work with electricity. I know some you do. Uh, but you know, someone that can even tell you more about it that doesn't just work with electricity is someone who, who actually can really speak to it. It's a matter of someone who helped create it. And then maybe, maybe they work with it and then they, they create it. But you know what? The one who could speak to the best of the electricity is the one who originally was the, was the man. I mean, the man, I'm glad for electricity to come up with electricity and their original creator of electricity. I remember reading a story about the great industrious Henry Ford, Ford Motor Company, and a man by the name of, of Charlie Steinmetz, the mechanical genius who had designed and built Ford's plant. Now, assembly line, car after vehicle after vehicle, a truck, and all the, all the vehicles there coming through. But something took place with Henry Ford is... It was a matter that that assembly line got was stopped, and that company and and that corporation, you know, there's a breakdown, and so he called Charlie Steinmetz. Charlie Steinmetz came in. Why? Because he's the one who had put this all together. He's the one who had who had had it all orchestrated in his mind and knew, you know, how it would work and how the assembly line would would drop those those pieces of. Material And then out, came at the end of the assembly line, a vehicle. And so Henry Ford, the one who was a great industrialist with all this, coming up with the vehicles, didn't get in touch with someone else that was helping on the assembly line. No, he got in touch with the one who had put the assembly line completely together. The creator of the assembly line. When it broke down, and so the phone call was made to Charlie Stimus, and Charlie Stimus came out, and in a matter of just a few minutes, he he had the assembly line back up and running and figured it out and threw on the switch, and then came the bill, $10,000. Now, back in that day, that was a sum of money. I'd say today it's still a sum of money. But uh, the thing of it is, Henry Ford didn't too much care for that, and he wrote a note to Charlie, Charlie don't you think your bill is a little high for just a little tinkering? And Charlie wrote back a revised bill, tinkering, $10. Knowing where to tinker, 9900 <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? For, for you and I, it might be hard for us to understand how Jesus always has been, Always was, always will be, but he's the beginning. He's, he was the word. He knows all about it. And you know what he wants us to do? Is to believe in the one who created it. Himself. And just like Charlie, Jesus has an understanding of the whole plant. Unlike Henry Ford. And so how can I relate with Jesus Christ except for being able to discern or excuse me, describe God's effect on my own individual life. So can I ask you this morning, because of God's impression on your life, are there expressions of that? Because of God's impression on your life, there should be expressions in our life that God has done something in me, and it just wells up inside of me, and I can't help but talk about him, and I can't help but go and and hand this track out, and I can't help but just be a witness for God Almighty, because God has done too much for me and I can't stand it. I'm sorry, you're going to have to pardon me, but it's, it's a matter that God's Word has shown strongly into my life and it continues to shine in my life and it brings me light and I love light and I love the warmth of it and I love the rays of it and I want to stand as close as I can to it and right underneath it and be right in tune with the Lord God Almighty and so much so that, you know what, that's, that, that's Christ, Shine in my life, and so I want to talk to other people about it. And I want to tell them that you know what they gotta do. Oh, they need a, a date, they need a timeline, they need to know exactly now and 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 when um, it all began. No, it was, and and it's a matter that they need to be able to figure that out in their head, and they need to get an understanding of that. No, they just need to believe and believe in the right one, believe not just in the right thing, but in a person. The person's name is Jesus Christ. And that's all God wants of any of us. And you know, I don't know about you, but belief started that day that I got saved, and it continues to take place in my life, and I I had to continue to believe. And he puts things in my life that, oh man, I I can't but believe in him. i got to believe in him, because I don't have anything else to believe in but God. By the way, just because I don't believe in electricity doesn't mean I won't get shocked. Just because I don't believe in gravity doesn't mean I'm going to fall and hurt myself. And by, and by the way, because I don't believe in wind doesn't mean it's going to hit me in the face. And so, Psalms 90, verse 2. Some of you like that when you saw me do that. But uh, Psalm 90, verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, or even ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. For the Jews, John 8, it, they, they had to get past the fact that there was somebody greater than Abraham, and it was Jesus Christ. And for you and I, we've got to get past today that we've got to believe that God is enough. And that God's word is enough for you for me. And i got to come to the point in my life that i got to realize I can't survive without it. And I need it that bad. It's my life. It's my sustenance. It's, it's, it's the strength of my life. And I wonder today, how do you and I feel? How desperate are we for the word of God in our life? Well, did you have it this morning, devotions? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bank. I'm going to count on what I get out of the message. I'm going to church today. Well, it's not, that's not enough. Because thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you put the same people in a room and, and you said, you know, one person is blind and another person can, can see. And you turn off the lights and, and they, now they both can't see. You know what takes place? It's a matter they're in the same situation. And it's dark and no object can be perceived. And, the, and they try to walk, they might stumble around. And, and it's a matter that, you know what, as soon as that light is introduced into that room, unfortunately for that one that is blind, they still can't see. You know why? The light is not deep within And, you know, it's it's a matter that things remain the same to them because the darkness is in themselves. I wonder this morning, do we have darkness in our own self? Do we see it as darkness? Are we content with our dark life? You know, what? an answer to less darkness is to increase light. And no better light than the Word of God. So, number one this morning, God's Word shining in your life. And the light of Christ. And number two this morning, God's work shining, the light of creation. Notice verse 3, I love this. It says, All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Without Him. Without Him, not anything made that was made. See, to me, this reiterates that the producer is older than the production. Did you get that this morning? The producer is older than production, because production shows you that somebody produced it. Nothing made without Christ, and as Christians, when we look at creation, it ought to do more for us as a Christian than somebody that's a lost person. We ought to look at that sky and say, God made that. We ought to look at those trees, God made that. We ought to look at the the grass, God made that, even though i got to cut it. Not around this time of year, hopefully. You're still cutting it, you got problems. But... uh, looking at creation in a different world, in a different way, and, and a different life, because we're saved, and, and we've trusted in Christ, and we've had the time in our life where we believe in Him. And so this is one more way. It's a big way. It's a great way that God has shown Himself strong. Are you amazed, and am I amazed in God's creation? I mean, you ever just stop and just look and think of how much God has made? And then... That's what you and I know about it. There, there again, that's what we've experienced, and that's our understanding, and that's an impression on our life. But can I say this? If God has put that impression on your life, why should we not express that and use it as a means to get even talking to people about the gospel? You see that sky today? You know who made that sky? It's my heavenly Father. Can I tell you about him? See, if we're in God's Word and, and we're, we want to talk about God's Word and then we talk about God's work shining the light of creation, I mean, that's God's handiwork. I mean, that's, that's His masterpiece. I mean, He orchestrates it all and He puts it in perfect unison in time. And, I mean, the seasons are just timed right. I know you and I don't believe that and we kind of wonder at times, but He's he just got it all timed right. I mean, purpose for each and every season prepares for the next one. And God's production, I mean, it has such vast variety. I think of it this way. God is the greatest multitasker there ever was. Never will be i mean he he multitasked everything nothing skips a beat nothing goes out of sync nothing is not in tune with god and what god god wants and and how god works i mean you sweep your eyes over the hills and and over the ocean and over the plain and and you see lakes and you see streams and you see the corn and, and you see forest and you see the sahara and you see the and and even maybe what we say is that's paradise on earth uh, Listen to the music of the nature and you, and you hear the boom of the ocean crashing into the shore and, and you, and you hear the wind and you see the effects of it and, you, and then you get the drops of the rain that come down and, and you look to the heavens you realize that God keeps all that firmament and all the stars in place and, and not, not one that he wants to, to uh, you know, not stay up there does it just drop to the, no, those are, those are meant to fall as falling stars and then the other ones are meant to just stay up there for as long as he wants them to. And the trees and, and, and the plants and that's all meant to provide oxygen for us and, and the animals and they live on this earth with us and, and the earth and rotating perfectly on its axis and, and the sun at just the right distance so it didn't burn us too much. depending on how much we stay out in it. But it's a matter, you know, the moon, it's just hanging in the galaxy. It just happens to be there. No, 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 no. God has this all figured out. And it's all under His control. Why? Because He made all things and you think about it man it's the greatest thing when I consider the heavens the work of thy fingers the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him you know God has a purpose and all things were created by him and and heaven and earth invisible and invisible whether it be thrones and dominions or principalities or powers all things are created by him and for him and and he is before all things and and by him all things consist how does this all happen well all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. And he spake, and it was done, and he commanded it, and it stood fast. Every house is built by some man, Hebrews says, but he that built all things is God. Please turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. I love this passage of Scripture, and God directed me this way with this, and I hope it will do something for you this morning in the matter of God's work and the light of creation. Isaiah chapter 40, and we're gonna read some verses here. I hope you're prepared to, to follow down with with um, here throughout the passage of uh, Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40 verse 12. Isaiah 40 verse 12. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Isaiah 40, verse 12. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with the span? And comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance. Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket, and are counted as a small dust of the balance, Behold, he taketh the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing in vanity. To whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare unto him? The workman melteth a graven image, the goldsmith spreadeth over the gold, and casteth silver chains. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation chooseth a tree that will not rot." He seeketh unto him a cunning workman, to prepare a graven image that should not be moved. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and inhabits thereof as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity." Yea, they shall not be planted, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stalks shall not take root in the earth. And He shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take away as a stubble. To whom then will ye liken me, or shall I be equal? Saith the Holy One, lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things? That bringeth out their host by number, He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of His might. For that He is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. I don't know about you, but when we see creation, it should lead us in a greater way to the creator. When we worship Christ, we should worship to whom the men of the past, present, and future will honor as the creator of the world. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. There is no higher proof of omnipotence than the work of creation. I mean the ecosystems, they testify to God's ultimate purpose. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Recently, we traveled a little over 1,500 miles by car, and with the size family we have, that's a fun adventure, to say the least. I'm glad, glad for the good behavior. As we pulled back in, I told our children, I'm so thankful that you all behaved so well. But 1,500 miles in about 24 hours, we traveled on the road, and I'm thankful for God's protection. And we saw a vast array of scenery and over the Thanksgiving um, break, and, and uh, one of the things that really stood out to me, though, was at the end of our trip, You know, as we crossed over Walt Whitman Bridge and looked all over Philly, the lights there, and see all these lights everywhere. But one of the greatest things as a finale, almost to our trip, was there was one big, brighter light than there was any of those thousands, if not probably millions of lights in Philly and the city there, was there was one big and bold, as almost as if you could just reach out and touch it, and it was full, and it was huge, and it was massive, and it was quite amazing. My wife was trying to get as many pictures as she could, but it was so bright, I don't know that the camera would justify it. It's called the Moon. And it was a full moon, and it, it landed right above the interstate, just as if it was just hovering and sitting right there. And it was amazing to see that, and it was just a picture of God's handiwork. But something that got me was when my son said, you know, Dad, out of all these lights, that one never gives out. And uh, it's a matter that, that that one is powered by somebody that is stronger than any of these lights ever could be. And it's a matter that as, if a young child can realize that God can handle the illumination of the moon... Don't you think if he can control that, that don't you think he has control in our life? And don't you think that God is big enough to control your situation and your circumstance? Why don't we just look around at creation and not get over it and think, you know what? That is God that did that and only God could because he created all things and all things made by him and for him and all things consist. See, Christ's credibility is established in the miracle of creation. It's a miracle. And so we can shine this morning in God's word shining the light of Christ. And God's work has shined by the light of creation. And thirdly, this morning, we have God's wonder shining by the light of credibility. If you turn back with me to John chapter 1. We'll finish up here this morning. But John chapter 1. Some of you are going to put your Bibles away already. I hope you'll not do that because of what I just said. We'll finish up here this morning. But I hope you're getting something from God's Word, and I hope it's touching you, and I hope it's speaking to you. It is to me. John chapter 1, verse 4, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In him was life. Some phenomenal items that make up wherever you and I look. and It's these two sources. Right here, verse 4. Life and light. Life and light. You can't explain those either. By the way, it goes back to belief. It goes back to trust in God. And that's why God wrote us scripture and gave this to us. And life can be summed up in three categories. It says, in him was life. It can be summed up in earthly life. Job said, naked came out of mother's womb, and naked shall return thither. And some of these verses, it's a matter, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing how we just need to be brought back to where reality is. The Lord taketh and... He he gives, and blessed be the name of the Lord. God's the one who makes life possible. And then we have an effective life. It said this, that three things make life worth living. A self fit to live with, a faith fit to live by, and a purpose fit to live for. But can I tell you this? The only one who can do all that is the one who can give you life abundantly. And John 10.10 says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Abundantly, get this, it's superior. It's extraordinary. It's surpassing. It's uncommon. That's the kind of life that Christ came to give. By the way, if you don't have this morning the abundant life, you can get it by the third life. Not only earthly life, not only effective life, but the best life ever, eternal life. Eternal life. Those who know Jesus by faith will live eternally. I don't know about you, but when Jesus spoke to Martha and he assured her of her brother Lazarus coming up, it's, it's amazing what Jesus says. He says, I am the resurrection, I am the life, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead. Now, that's, her, that's somebody very important to her. It's her brother. Yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And he says this, believest thou this? See, God makes life permanent. And real living is more than just walking and talking and eating and breathing and sleeping and sleeping and sleeping. And some of you are sleeping this morning. but Working and, 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 and doing all that and playing. And... No, that's not life. Real life is found in Jesus Joyful life is only found in Jesus Christ. And so life does not make sense until you meet Jesus. It doesn't make sense. And, and not, it's not any good. And if it were not for God, He would not give us life physically or spiritually. Boy, in Him was life, has no limitation. And God is without limit. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come of the Father but by me. Verse 4, it says He was the light. Not only is He the life, but He's also the light. And the life is the light of men, and speaking of spiritual light as well as natural light, and He is light and made light. Genesis one three, and John calls Himself the light of the world in John eight twelve, and John nine five, and everlasting light in Isaiah sixty, and this light can be in men. John eleven ten, and, and we can be children of light. John twelve thirty six, and without Jesus we are dead and in darkness. And He came in Luke 1, 79 to give light to them that sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. Colossians 1.13, He hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. See, Jesus came as a light into the world that was overwhelmed with darkness of sin. You know why? That we may have light. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 5. See, darkness is not able to overcome light. It comprehended it not. See, the purpose that God came as a light was For us to not only have that light shed abroad in our hearts, no, not just us, but all the world. And so that we can shed that light to others. And fourthly this morning, and maybe most important, is if you take all three of these points and look at God's word shining, and then God's work shining, and then God's wonder shining, and it's the light of Christ and the light of creation and the light of credibility. And if you get a hold of these things, you know what's going to happen? You can't help but do number four, God's witness, shining. It's the light of the Christian. And so the greater that God's word is to you, the greater that God's work is to you, creation, that's not just anybody that just came up with that. That's God. And the the greater wonder, life, light. Men, Albert Einstein tried to figure it out. He couldn't figure out light. The smartest men that have walked the faceless earth and will continue to walk the faceless earth, they can't give you life. No, just, just, just Christ, just God, the one who gave you life to begin with. And He can take it away. It's up to Him. It's in His control. We must just believe. But if you get a hold of this, the light of a Christian. You know, a few verses later in this passage, it says that we are to bear witness of that light. And we are to be a light. We are meant to shine in darkness as children of light. Matthew 5, 14 16 says this. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. So this morning I want to close with this. You know that little song we sing? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. The question I have for you, why does it have to be little? I understand it's a children's song. I understand we're putting our little finger up as a light, and I understand we hide under a bushel, but why? So it'll go out? What if it was so big we couldn't have Satan blow it out? What if it was so big we couldn't hide it? What if it was a matter that if Satan did try to blow it, that it would put more fire in us for God? And that we would actually be stronger for God because that just didn't extinguish it but that just made it bigger, because I hate the devil so much and I love God so much that I want to make sure that my light is bright as bright as it can get, and I don't want just this little flashlight that I can hold in my hand. I want a, not just a spotlight. I don't want just a little laser beam. I, I don't. I don't want you know just a matter of, of something that is that is shining on the shore and shining that light. No, when I think of light, I think of the sun. I think of that moon. Just, I mean, it just surpassed all those other lights in Philadelphia. And I think of a bright light. And so why not? Because those verses are derived from, get this, Luke eleven thirty three. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light, they may see the light. And if thy whole body, therefore, if thy whole body, if thy whole body, if thy whole body... Therefore, be full of light, having no part dark. The whole shall be full of light. The whole, the whole shall be full of light. Whole body, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. You know what's going to take? God's impression on me, God's word, God's work, God's wonder. God, God's witness now because I can't help but talk about God. I can't help it. And you know what? I'm not there yet. And I would dare say you, you and I both are not. And it's a matter that impressions of God in our life can just be expressed by our light just shining. I want it to be as bright as it can be. You know what? That's not good enough. I understand where that's directing, But you know what? I want, it, I, want it to be, I want it to be where that light came from. I want it to be Jesus Christ. And so people don't say you and me. They say Jesus. And that's bright. Not got an idea. Little bulb on top of my head. No. Big and it's bright and it's strong. Because then darkness is gone. And it's a matter that we have been impacted and there's been some impressions and impressions and impressions on our life by God Almighty and he's given me his word, he's given me his work, he's given me his wonder and I'm going to be a witness.